0: Person 10 gets deflected and picked up Rosie. He'll take it in. It's a pick six and a touchdown. The New York Jets select Zach Wilson. On everybody, welcome back to the Turn of the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPod11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by a special guest today, very infamous on Jets Twitter, Jets Press, Justin Freed, at Justin T. Freed on Twitter. How's, uh, How's everything going today, Justin? It's
1: going all right, man. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, man, I'm excited to kind of uh, we've been talking about this for a while. I'm excited to finally uh, you know, get this uh, get you on the pod, obviously yesterday uh did not go well you know for everyone listening to be hearing this tuesday morning yes sunday sunday afternoon was not the uh, finest jets moment obviously you know falling 0-3 losing 26 to in the denver broncos um wanted to get your kind of instant you know instant thoughts reactions um you know kind of let it all hang out if uh, if
1: you want to i mean i've had i've had some times obviously simmer down a little bit and just kind of relax after what we saw i mean not that I was too worked up anyway. It was more of, of it was more of the same of what we saw last year, and that sucks, you know, because it was more just apathy than anything at a certain point, where it was just expecting uh, incompetence, and you don't want that. That was supposed to be different. It was supposed to be different after, you know, I, not to, It's it's more than just Joe Douglas. It's the blame goes to everybody. But this is the third year of Joe Douglas. Of course, he's only had two off seasons to fix things to fix the Mike McHagman errors. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 should be better. There's, there's too much talent on this offense for it to be as inept as it is. There's too much talent for them not to have scored a touchdown in two weeks in the year 2021 uh, It's too much talent for them to be outscored 46 to three in the first half. That can't be happening. The defense is holding their own. They're overachieving, but we've been there before. Like that's the story of, of the last few years, of the Jets. And it seems like it's a story for a lot longer for this franchise. Uh, the defense overachieves and the offense underwhelms. So where do you go from here? There's so much to fix. Uh, it's not one person's fault. Everyone wants to be like, "Oh, it's Mike LaFleur. Uh, It's it's the offensive line. It's Craig Van Roten. Like it's every. It's it's Zach Wilson too. Like everybody is to blame. And there's not much time to fix things. You know, there's 14 weeks, but will Zach Wilson make it all 14 weeks at this rate? Uh, I don't know. And you know, there's more questions than answers right now. So that's that's where I'm at right now. It's just too many questions, not enough answers, and just too much incompetence. Yeah,
0: no, I thought you put it pretty well. I mean, there's there's obviously a lot to unpack. I thought, you know, the most disappointing thing for me was, you know, if I take myself back three weeks ago, I'm doing the preview pods. and um, I'm thinking Jets offense is, you know, gonna they're going to lose a lot of games, 38-21, 38-27. Um, defense will probably have some moments where Quinnen and Mosley, and they play well, but everyone else is going to kind of struggle a little bit, especially on the outside offensively. You know, they had four premium rookies, obviously, Zach Wilson being the main one, but Elijah Moore, Veritaker, Michael Carter. They had Corey Davis, Keelan Cole in free agency, Tyler Croft as well. Um, you know, Morgan Moses comes in this whole offense, new brand new Shanahan scheme, and it's not been good. Um, you know, there's there's a million different reasons. I think they're close, but, you know, overall, my emotions yesterday were very much going in the game. I, you know, I predicted they lose 28-13. I thought they'd be able to score a little bit. And if you look at the actual game, there was chances to score as much as they were inept. You know That the, the couple, there's probably four or five drops there. They get there's probably the two touchdowns they left on the board. The issue for me is, is it comes down to at the end of the day, like you mentioned, eight quarters without a touchdown. It, it felt like a gase loss. It felt like the, the second the Broncos went down, and scored in the first drive, it's, it's over, uh, or you know, and they punt and then the second drive they score, whatever it's over. Um that 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 can't be happening anymore uh, I think that the Jets fans are past that I think everyone is understanding that rebuilding needs to be patient you need to be patient all these different things I've preached this on Twitter for months and obviously you get in the game and you want to win you want to look competitive you don't want to be mean then as funny as the you know the TikTok kid is I mean you know with white Deontay Johnson and you know Walmart DK Metcalf like that stuff's funny but at some point it wears on you and it's like how many times can I sit there and I'd be memed and left and right. And, and on get up, you turn on, get up, getting roasted Mike Greenberg's complaining. You go, you turn on first take roasting good morning football roast. Like I don't, I can't stand that anymore. And that's made my, my biggest frustration is competitive losses. I thought that was the goal this year was to rebuild, be patient. Similar to that Miami team in 20, uh, 2019, you look at you know Cleveland and 2018, 19 where they got, they kind of got good at the end. Um, how concerned are you for the rest of the year? Is it, are you like, have you changed your expectations on where this team's going to fall? Or is it, they played three top 10 defenses and two of the best defensive coordinators the last 30 years in football. So we should be pumped the brakes a little.
1: I think I'm somewhere in the middle. It's, it's, it's hard to be optimistic given what we've seen, but we also don't know if what we've seen is rock bottom. If that last week, if what we just saw is rock bottom, then that's fine. You know, if it's still the, like you said, it's been three weeks, they played three very good defenses. They just played uh bill Belichick defense and the Vic Fangio defense and back-to-back weeks. That was going to be rough. If you told me to start the season that the Jets would go 0-3, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. I don't think a lot of people would have been. Obviously, it's the way that they've lost those games that's concerning. It's the way that they're not playing competitive football. Will they play competitive football here on out? I don't know. That remains to be seen. I think if they're not, if we get to to pass the bye week and they're still not playing competitive football, then changes are going to have to be made. I don't know what those changes are going to be. I'm not saying that, hey, fire Mike LaFleur or whatever, because they're not going to do that you know, six weeks into the season, but personnel decisions, pure personnel changes are going to have to be made, you know, shuffle up the offensive line, get some new guys out there, receiver, do something else because clearly it's not working right now through three weeks, three weeks, it has not been working. Uh, and it's just like, like you said, and this has been echoed a lot on Jets, Twitter, people have been saying it a lot. The bar was so low for this team and and they still haven't. bar was it. the fucking floor, man. It was the right. floor. Exactly. Like the Jets, Jets fans just saw a two and fourteen season coached by Adam Gase, where quite literally the entire season was pretty much just apathy. And even before that, when they went seven and nine, that was still largely an apathetic season. The only, the only rooting interest most fans had was saying, "Hey, you know, let's see if Sam Darnold can improve." That's pretty much what we've had. We haven't had, and I think I said this recently on Twitter. It took me a while to think, "What's the last win the Jets have had?" That the fan base was universally happy about, and my mind went to Dallas in week uh, week six of 2019. That's all. It's been two hey, years. Yeah,
0: Dallas, or I mean, the Giants game out of out of pure pride. Maybe it's maybe, pride, but I think it should like, be the Dallas game, right? Because before right. that, and once I got to the Dallas point where they they rattled off those wins, people are just so overgassed that the hope was kind of gone. I guess exactly. The last game that, that, that I remember, to, yeah. That, I guess you're right. Yeah. I don't know that. There was a that there Giants
1: game that stands game, out. They
0: were
1: right. They were one in seven going into that Giants game. You know, and it's like, sure, moral victory. It's nice to beat the Giants. It's always nice to have bragging rights. But they're one in seven. You know, there's I'm I guarantee you there's a, a significant portion of fan base that's just saying, hey, I don't care about pride. Let's lose and let's get a better draft pick. And so it really like I think they were 0-4 going into that Dallas game because uh, they had the Week Five bye. So that like at, at that point, the season's technically not still over. There's a large portion of people still rooting for a win, and of course, the way they did it was was fun. It it shouldn't be two years between you know, a win where everyone could be, get behind and be like, you know, that's, that's, that's fun. So the bar was so low. That's kind of what the precedent was going into this year. And it's like, okay, if they just play competitive football, it'll be okay. Week one, you know, week one, everyone, this week one overreactions, people were trying to be like, Oh, you know, the house is, is, you know, burning down or whatever. They played a competitive game. They were, they were competitive against a currently undefeated Panthers team. But the last two weeks has been, has been terrible. It's, it's been abysmal. They haven't been competitive and it's not the defense they've overachieved. It's, it's just the offense. We need to see competitive, offensive football and we haven't will we going forward beats me <laughs> i don't know i think changes <laughs> need to be made we'll see if they are made
0: yeah i mean if and there's a couple of things there too i mean look yesterday i guess we'll get let's get into some positives and then we'll get into the offensive side of the ball let's start with the defense so for me biggest takeaways yesterday and i know fans want to hear about positive I, they wanna, I mean i could go on for a 45 minute rant What good is that going to do positive wise defensively the corners Again, that's the third week in a row. This was the best group they went against. And maybe Carolina is a better group. But this is a group that actually is, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's third in the NFL in QBR, and he's pushed the ball down the field. Um, one thing, this is a negative. I can't stand the fact that the Jets are the only team in the NFL that don't utilize the fact that the NFL calls everything past interference. They're the only yeah. team on third down that won't. Teddy Bridgewater literally had nothing and said, I'll oh, throw it up. It's a terrible call. Eccles didn't touch him. I mean, mean, touch him, whatever. It's a good 50-50 play. They get that flag because that's what you do in today's NFL. Joe Flacco, as much as it's a joke, you know, drew more passionate. He just was like third and he's like, "Meh, whatever. If, if, you know, they'll they get called more times than not. So that was frustrating. But defensively, Quinton finally broke out. That was awesome. I, I said, you know, on last week's pod, I thought, you know, he's going through. He, he didn't practice for the last four months. He had a major foot surgery and he got himself right this week. He looked really good. Bryce Huff had another half sack. Um, you know, John Franklin Myers didn't have a huge game, but he's been awesome all year. So the defensive line looks good. Sheldon Rankin's another really good play. Um, that's not really what I'm concerned with. I'm more concerned with, um, I don't know why Quincy Williams is getting the amount of reps he's gotten. Jamie and Sherwood's looked really bad. Um, I know he's been banged up, new position. It's growing pain, so I'm not going to rip the guy. It's not like he has no future, but it's been concerning that second linebacker spot. Um, I didn't think Jared Davis was going to be that important to the defense. He he has – he looks like he might be. Um, Secondary-wise, Marcus Mays looks good. Um, Adrian Colbert was fine. Uh, I mean, he didn't – wasn't terrible, and that's all you can ask for from – it's like their 37th safety they've been on. But the corners, bright spot. Quinn's a big bright spot. Then the biggest bright spot the entire game for me, C.J. Mosley is incredible at football. <laughs> like, I know yeah. we knew this, and Jets fans got one year um, – well, one game – um, you know, one half, I guess, honestly, of, of CJ Mosley. That hit on the goal line. I don't think people understand how hard he hit Melvin Gordon. Like he was five yards deep in the end zone, cross field, and lifted Melvin Gordon off his body, like off, yeah. into the air on the goal and line. He's a big and that, Melvin Gordon's Gordon, a big Gordon's dude. He's a, pro, he's a Pro Bowl. Okay. Line, he's a Pro Bowl running back. So, um, or was a Pro Bowl level running back. So. You know, mostly this the big you know takeaway for me is the fact that he looks every bit as good, if not better, than he did you know two years ago. And if he's going to play an all played an all pro level, it makes that contract as much as it's unfortunate. He's got three. He's going to have a minimum of three years left. You know, with the Jets, that money's pretty much fully guaranteed. So him being good and Marcus May being good and Quinn being good and the D line and corners, it's huge. And the, if the defense is going to be a top fifteen defense without a proven corner missing their best edge rusher missing their second-best linebacker, missing their other starting safety. Hopefully Ashton comes back this week. That's one of those guys that I I need to see Ashton play um, in this defense. But overall, Albert's done a good job. I think Sal has got those guys playing really hard. That's my biggest positive for the first three games is just, I know you mentioned it, it's hard to you know get excited about overachieving defense, but if the Jets can just be a top 10 to 15 group, if things pan out on the offensive side of the ball over the next 18 to 24 months, or 12 to 24 months, now they're in a good spot. That's where you want to be. Like once they, not to mention once the offense gets rolling a little bit here, the defense can only look better and better because right now teams can do whatever they want. They have the ball forever. They have great field position. So um, I'd, I'd be really happy about what I've seen from CJ Mosley. How'd you feel about the defense overall yesterday?
1: I thought they did their job. You know, they, they, they held their own and what I'm looking for on as I would be looking for with the entire team. What I'm looking for on defense is just building blocks, guys to build around guys who look like they're going to be here for the next Three, four, five, six years, and obviously Quentin Williams is one of those players. He's due an extension sometime in the near future, and I think you know some fans were were you know already throwing their hands up, being like, "Oh, he's done nothing for the first two games." But you said it, you said it. You know, the guy didn't practice all summer. He broke his foot in what May or June, whenever that was. He he missed all of training camp. He didn't practice at all. Comes right back out there. they throw him into the fire, and yeah, he's gonna be slow to start. That's that's not a surprise. Is the NFL isn't. Uh, you know, it's not something where you could just take four months off or, or whatever and then immediately get right back into game shape. It's not gonna happen. Uh so it's not a surprise that, that Williams. Dude, look at Aaron
0: Rodgers, right? He's the best throw yeah. of the football I've ever seen in my entire life. They got boat raced by 40 points. Aaron Rodgers looked like the worst quarterback in the NFL. Exactly. Got himself his legs back. All of a sudden, two weeks later, he's carving up San Francisco's defense and goes on the road, and beats them. Like that's Aaron Rodgers. So exactly. Williams at 300 pounds and 22 years old, 23 years old, like pump the brakes a little if you weren't expecting right. wins I'm not sure why you're expecting Quinn Williams to be coming off surgery hitting the ground running and playing 80 percent like that just doesn't happen so nope it doesn't.
1: and it's that's the thing. he played like 50 percent of defensive snaps last week and he was still one of the most impactful players on the field and that that snap count kind of will only continue to rise as the season goes on he had a sack and a half he looked like this the Quinn Williams that we saw last year and that's what we want to see right we, we don't you know, the, the first two games were quiet. That's fine. He's recovering from foot surgery, but obviously he would need to show that, that, you know, impact he did last year, eventually. And he did. And so Quinton Williams looks exactly like he did last year. That's a big takeaway for me. Other than that, the, the corners, you, you, you said it best. That's a unit where everybody pointed to, and they're like, this is the biggest weakness on this team going into the season. This is by far the, you know, a lot of people most said, most people say it was the worst cornerback group in the NFL. And it's hard to blame them. They're starting. I think they had a combined what eight starts under their belt, eight, games played i think going into the season after they cut plus austin uh and bryce hall looks like a starting caliber corner. michael carter uh you know mc2 michael carter second he he looks like a, a steel like one of the steals in the draft in the fifth round uh he's been fantastic one of their most consistent defensive players take like a long
0: term him and gidry yeah. the guys who you know can be that solidified those two slot guys and be the Jets slot guys for the next four or five years and I've, exactly. i have no issue doing it
1: and I think Jets fans got spoiled by Brian Poole. The last couple of seasons, he played very well. There's a lot of bad slot corners in the NFL. You remember It wasn't that long ago they had Buster Screen, right? There, there's some bad slot corners out there. So having a guy like Michael Carter who can reliably shut down in the slot, that's very, very important. The fact that they got him in the fifth round, that's that's a hell of a steal. Echols, he had his ups and downs last week, but he looks like a guy who can play. Uh, and, and that's exactly what you want. You got him in the sixth round, right? They're starting two fifth round picks and a sixth round pick in that secondary and they're holding their own like more than holding their own uh so that's a huge takeaway for me is just you know everyone wants to rag on joe douglas's 2020 draft hey that 2021 draft's already looking pretty good you know we'll see obviously what happens long term with guys like zach wilson elijah barrett Tucker, elijah Moore. but the fact that they're already getting instant impact contributors on day three that's important and that says a lot uh yeah cj mosley very important part of this defense as well I didn't expect a lot from the other linebackers on the team. Jared Davis was always like a, you know, a, a swing for the fences, kind of hoping he turns it around. Obviously we haven't seen him out there yet. Uh, I'm skeptical that he will play super well when he comes back, but it will probably be harder for him to be worse than Quincy. He's Williams, not I great either, but like, I'm not,
0: I'm just like, I'm not trying to be a dick here. I know Quincy Williams has had a few nice plays. If you watch him, and I know you watch film as well. If you watch the yep. All 22, and I'm not asking people to go do it, I'm a weirdo and I like doing it. <laughs> there is plays where he looks like the worst NFL player I have ever seen because he's he lost. will just—he's lost. He has no idea what's going on. And the fact that there was three or four plays yesterday that the defense played really well overall, right? They, they could, there's nothing you can do. There's turnover. Like the last couple of weeks, it's been awesome because like they've overachieved. But there is plays within the game where the Jets have a chance to force a quick three out get their defense off the field it was third and 12 he totally has no idea what's going on loses the back out of the backfield makes him like he misses a tackle looks awful and again i'm not trying to rag on the guy and connor rogers said this in the Bleacher report i mean on the uh, badland show like he is the biggest reach of a draft pick in nfl history people had no warning yeah. about he was on like two teams boards and they got picked in the third round so i'm not trying to rag on the guy and i understand why he's on the roster you've he, the whole thing I, I'm not saying this because I like Blake, but like Blake Cashman needs to play, or Jamie Sherwin needs to play. Hamza, I'm, I'm disappointed so far in what I've seen, but again, transitioning and, and it's early. These line lineback- the linebacker group, that second spot just needs to not suck. That's what yeah. like they need from him because CJ mostly like I know you're probably going to say this. He's an all-pro level player, right? So you need someone around him that can just be okay, and you can't have Quincy Williams running out there for 90 percent of the snaps. He gets so lost in the run game. He'll peek inside and they'll just bounce at the other hole. And like this, is the NFL, if you're not, if you peek inside, you will get lost the best Fred Warner and TJ Mosley do it from time to time. You cannot do it on every play. So um, yeah. sorry for my little rant there. I just, people think I hate Quincy. It's not about hating Quincy Williams. I'd love to have him on the podcast and i love that. Like good for him. He's, he's getting a ton of reps and film, but, It just it can't happen, and when you don't want people to meme meme you anymore, you can't have Quincy Williams play ninety percent of the snaps. I'm sorry, you can't do it. I will get to Ryan Griffin in a second, but
1: oh oh, man, oh don't get me sorry, Ryan Griffin, (laughs) sixty percent of snaps back to back weeks. Uh, But no, I mean you're you're right. You're right. I mean Quincy, it's criticism, right? It's nothing personal. You're not saying I hate Quincy Williams the person. It's not like anything he's done. He's just he's playing poorly and you're critiquing it and you're, you're, you're saying what you will. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, and that's, that's something that I, I kind of pinpointed going into the season. I feel like a lot of people weren't talking about that much, uh, or at least not that I saw is just the lack of linebacker depth, right? Like they were really banking on Mosley and Davis kind of holding down the fort while the rookies, while the young guys, you know, did their part. I mean, you know, knock on wood, if they lose CJ Mosley, now what do they have at linebacker right now? You've got Quincy Williams, Hamza Nazaldine, uh, you know, Blake Cashman, Jamie and Sherwood or Delshawn Phillips, whoever the hell you're going to throw out there. That's your linebacker for right now. So obviously Mosley is, is super important to that defense, but the depth was really bad going into the air. I'm surprised that Noah Dawkins is down in the practice squad. Not that he was anything special. Uh, yeah, one drop third in camp, I felt like, okay, with yeah. him. I thought he was better than Delshawn Phillips. Trade for Neville he Hewitt. Did. Trade for him. The GOAT. Right, right. There, there's, uh, like, there are competent NFL linebackers out there. I think what they're doing is, I mean, Neville Hewitt obviously would be a bad scheme. Fit. I don't think Robert Sala wants someone with Neville Hewitt's, uh, I don't even want speed. as a bad lack of speed uh, on that defense. And I like Neville Hewitt. He's, he's a very good special teams player. He's been in the NFL for a while for a reason. But they're just looking for guys who are young and who are athletic. And that's what Quincy Williams is, even though he can't tackle and he can't cover uh he's on the team because he's young and he's athletic uh, and that's why he was drafted but uh i mean yeah you're absolutely right cj mosley he's, he's super important to this defense um but the linebacker position is it's it's a weakness and it's a weakness that i am not surprised is a weakness because you know not only did they draft uh you know there's they're starting guys who they drafted in the fifth and sixth round they're starting guys who draft drafted in fix the fifth and sixth round who weren't even playing this position five months ago so that was always expected to be a, a a major learning curve for them. So I'm not surprised. Dean hasn't made a, a huge impact, and he's missed some tackles, missed some assignments. Same with Sherwood when he's been out there. I'm not surprised at all. Um, I would like to see them get reps over uh, Quincy Williams. How I'd like to see Delashawn Phillips get reps over Quincy Williams at this point. Not that he's even made anything special, but like you said, Williams has been a, a major reliability. Um, but overall, with the defense, just you know, bring it back to a, a large picture. You know, look at the defense cornerbacks uh, cornerbacks have been been very good they've been overachieving by far uh Quinton Williams is a very good player John is a very good player he was hurt this week so that's probably contributed to him having a relatively quiet day Bryce Huff has been a good find I think he's a very solid player not sure he's ever going to be a three down defensive end but that's fine he's a a quality rotation player who will probably have a long career in the NFL um And, you know, those three, and then uh, Sheldon Rankins. I don't know if he'll be around next year. He's only on a one-year deal, I believe. Uh, But he's been a good player, too. And then Marcus May, you know, I don't think he's on the team next year, but he's still a very good safety. Um, We know he's a really good safety, and he's – I don't think he's playing quite as good as he was last year, but he's also. he also has Adrian Colbert starting next to him. Uh, You know, it's hard to fault – it's hard to fault them. They had LaMarcus Joyner coming in. I was kind of excited to see him play, and, you know, now they're down. So, like you said, they're 800 safety. So overall defense is overachieved. I'm happy with it. And you have some building blocks to build around, which that's really all you can ask for.
0: I was trying to highlight only positives. I apologize for my Quincy Williams fan. It's just, (laughs) I can't stand the fact that we're still having the, you know, I look back to that 2019 season, right? The Jets go seven and nine, but that Thursday night game against the Ravens. I go back to this all the time. When I think about the Jets defense, they've started out against Lamar Jackson, James Burgess and Neville Hewitt. And they're one injury away from being in that same spot. I know they're younger players and whatever. I just would love to see them over the next 12 months. Their depth needs to improve. And I know a lot of these guys that are starting now will be depth next year, right? Like maybe Sherwood and, and Hamsa aren't long-term starters. Maybe they're long-term really good special teams. I mean, Sherwood was supposed to be a special teams guy that played occasional reps. So right. if that's what he projects as, that's great. He's a roster guy going forward and whatever. But let's move to the offensive side of the ball. Um, it's it's concerning, and and again, I, I know that they've played. Phil Snow is an awesome defensive coordinator. They're number one ranked defense in football. They they're murdering everybody. There's so many top end talent, and they just got better today again. So now the Carolina game, you know, the Jets put up 14 points, and they looked better than anybody else has looked against that defense. So um, that's one thing. Fangio and Bill Belichick, obviously, you got a rookie offensive coordinator against grizzled veterans. You got an off- rookie offensive, you know, left guard at some, you know, some level, you had McCoy back in year two in the beginning of the season. You got obviously Elijah Moore, you got guys like, you know, obviously Michael Carter and all these things. What's your, I guess this is a loaded question because I'm sure this is not going to be a quick two minute answer, but what's your A number one concern that you've seen so far? And what's thing? what's something you've seen that you're like, they're so close. I'm optimistic this is going to, we're close here.
1: I think just my number one concern is the overall idea that there is too much talent for this team to look as inept as they are like, and, and that goes to the coaching step, but it also goes to the players for, for lack of execution. There's no reason Corey Davis, who is a good player, should be dropping. You know, I think he had three drops last week. That that shouldn't be happening. Uh, you know, Ty Johnson obviously had his struggles in pass protection and he dropped a couple of passes, but he's still a good player. They have a lot of talent. Uh, I think that it's a lack of execution and not using them correctly. I'm going to go on a mini Mike floor. And I know that he's easily the, the, the person that everyone's pointing to this week and everyone's, you know, piling on my offensive Fury,
0: coordinator but- is the biggest punching bag in sports, yep. because whatever you do, right. It's always somebody else's credit. And whenever you do wrong, you get absolutely crucified. First exactly. one fired always, but he's exactly. not getting fired by the way, before you go in this rant, he's course, not getting fired. Of course, fired. Of course he's brothers of solace, best friend and best man in his wedding. So let's just yep. pump the brakes. there. The Jets going to have
1: the 32nd ranked offense by a long shot. He's not getting fired this year. But I think we need, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. We need to get that straight. But, uh, and again, like you said, it's it's just everyone's been ragging on him a ton. But a lot of it, I think, is deserved. The, by far, the because everyone will go to like play calling and, oh, lack of creativity. Those are the buzzwords everyone throws around where they're just like, oh, I didn't see three end arounds this game. I didn't th- see 10 screens. Lack of creativity. Uh, it's it's not just that. It's To me, it's the personnel decisions. That's by far been the, the biggest thing with me. And I'm talking more than Denzel Mims. I know that that's the big thing people want to talk about is Denzel Mims. It goes beyond that. Uh, I've hated how they've used Elijah Moore. I absolutely hate how they've kind of confined him to being an outside receiver. I don't understand why he can't get reps in the slot over Braxton Barrios. I like Barrios; I think he's a fine quality player, but there's no reason you need to have Elijah Moore outside because you have Braxton Barrios in the slot. Uh, and on top of that, they're using guys like Ryan Griffin in the slot over Elijah Moore. What are you doing? Ryan Griffin should not be playing 60% of, of offensive snaps in back-to-back weeks. Ryan Griffin shouldn't be on this roster. And again, this is not, I don't hate Ryan Griffin, the person. I don't know Ryan Griffin, the person, but he is a bad football player right now. He's a receiving tight end who's as slow as Neville Hewitt. He should not be on this roster, you know, and he, he's not a good blocker. Uh, and, and that, again, that, that goes back to the offseason of just, why, if they knew the tight end was going to be such an important part in this offense, not only just one tight end, but two tight ends that they went in and they were like, all right, Tyler Croft, that's, that's our big addition. And I like Tyler Croft. He's a fine player. He's a quality NFL tight end who, should have a role in this offense. But if he's your number one in a, in a two tight end offense, and an offense that uses two tight ends like 50% of the time, it seems, that can't be the case. You know, he's a fine number two, but he shouldn't be your top, he shouldn't be your number one, especially if your backup is Ryan Griffin, Trayvon Wesco, and Daniel freaking Brown. Daniel Brown is another guy who should not be on this roster. And I know he's a special teamer. He also got braided man injured in, in week one. Like he's, he's not that good at special teams, despite the fact that he plays... 70% of special teams reps. Uh, there's no reason they shouldn't have done more to improve the tight end position. But regardless, these are the guys they have. Uh, and even though they have them, there's no reason why you should be splitting Ryan Griffin out wide. When Tyler Croft got hurt, they were using Ryan. And first of all, Tyler Croft shouldn't be splitting out. He shouldn't be split out wide uh, You know, for 15 snaps a game either. That shouldn't be ever. Right, ever. There's no reason either of those guys should be split out wide. Uh, if you're going to split someone out wide, call Kenny Yaboa from the practice squad, throw him out there. That You could do that with him. But you're not doing that with any of the guys currently on the roster. Uh, but but there's no reason that they're being used in that position in that role when Elijah Moore is stuck on the outside. You know he he's he's thrived at Ole Miss as a playmaker who could play all three wide wide receiver positions. He could play all over the field. They use him as a running back at Ole Miss. They use him everywhere. The Jets are saying this is your role and you're and you're sticking to it. And that, that I mean I hate to use the buzzword buzzword, but that's that's a lack of creativity. That's you're using a guy uh, who should be one of the most dynamic playmakers in your offense and you're pigeonholing. Why are you doing that? Especially when you're using guys like Ryan Griffin, you know, Keelan Cole has been a complete non-factor. Uh, he hasn't played a ton. I think he actually had a decent amount of snaps his past game, but there's no reason why Ryan Griffin should be out there when Keelan Cole is on the bench, when Denzel Mims is on the bench. Like these guys are more dynamic. They're, they're much better options in the passing game and it's, and Ryan Griffin's not out there for, he's not out there for blocking because he's a bad blocker. So uh I'll save a Ryan Griffin Rand. I kind of went on a little one. I'll save a Ryan Griffin Rand. I won't match your Quincy Williams one. At least I think I, I kind of already did a little bit, um, but it's just, yeah, it's the personnel decision. That's, that's been by far the most annoying thing with me. I do want to talk on one thing real quick. And I kind of went on a little Twitter thread about it today. Uh, the one play a lot of people keep calling back to was that the, the play where it basically it looked like all three jets receivers ran the same route. I want to say this uh, and I'm, I don't claim to be the biggest X's and O guys, right? Like X's and O guy. I, I was on my high school football team. That is my, the hard, farthest level I got, right? I know you played, uh, you're a tight end or something at SUNY Cortland, right? Also a Cortland alum myself, by the way. Go Red Dragons. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't claim to be an expert with X's and O's. But seeing what I saw at that play, it looked like a, a standard kind of bunch, you know, pattern on the right side where Barrios was running a trail, Croft was running a drag. It looks like Corey, I think it was Corey Davis. It's hard to see. It, I remember, I think it was Corey Davis was supposed to run some type of post. Michael LaFleur didn't draw up that play for three players to run the same route. That didn't happen. Uh, and so as much as it's, it's on the coaching staff, it's also on the players, lack of execution. Corey Davis is a good wide receiver. You know, it's not, you can't look at that and be like, oh, he had two drops. He running in the wrong route, bench him. That's not the solution. The solution is he just has to play better. And I think he will play better, but again... I don't know. There's a lot of issues. There's a lot of issues with that offense. A lot of it falls on Michael floor, but it doesn't all fall on him. It falls on Zach Wilson for holding on to the ball too long. It falls on the offensive line who is, you know, they've been I think better than a lot of people give them credit for, but they're still not good. Uh, it's just, it falls on everybody on an offense and there's no one easy solution. People just have to do better. Like I hate not to be, not to do, you know, do some coach speak here, but they have to execute. Like that's, that's literally what has to happen. The, the coaching staff needs to do a better job. The players need to execute. That's the solution. It's it's a boring answer, but it's true. Yeah,
0: no, it's interesting. I actually there's a quote Matt Stafford had out yesterday um, post game. They obviously hit a they had a bunch of big plays, the most explosive offense that I've watched this year through the first three games. And something you mentioned was like, and I can resonate with this. And I, anyone who's ever played football, you work all summer and all week to have like sixty plays, and you have to execute. And he's like, yeah. we're executing right now. That's why we're good the Jets are doing the direct opposite. I think they're close. There's so many plays that you look at every single game there's three or four plays that they've either dropped. They more drop in week 1, huge play. Just like massive that game's totally different, right? Week 2, yep. the first play sucks obviously Wilson, but like right after that that next drive Davis drops it and then you look down in the red zone they score that game's 10-3 or 10-7 and all of a sudden we're just like it's a whole different game. Um this week Davis and three drops, the Michael Carter drop, and the high drops and they're all inexcusable drops, and those are not bad play design because as much as I don't love going five wide with Ty Johnson and Ryan Griffin as receivers, the play worked. He was wide open, right? The Michael Carter, the Texas route, like, it was wide open. It's there. It should be a 30-yard game that just easily could have put – again, is the bar on the floor for 14 points? Yes, of course. Like, there's a million different reasons. You know, I'll go through each one of them. Wilson, it's got to be better. Uh, I understand yeah. that he's a rookie. It, it's got to be better. And it's got to be taking those easy, simple throws. I wish, this is where LaFleur is bothering me, is that I feel like he's not getting Zach in a one-read system, which is the whole point of the Shanahan offense is one, maybe two reads. If not, you're running. Or it's a lot of boot out. There's like there's just not a lot of that. And I don't know if he tr- doesn't trust the offensive line yet, um, which I'll get to in a second. I don't know if he doesn't trust the receiving group. It's like It's probably a combination of all those. But I would love to see more one read throws for Zach, a little bit of RPO stuff, be, be adjust to what he's good at. I don't want to ever see Zach Wilson under center unless they're down by the goal line. And at that point, I yep. still don't want to see him. My best friend was our quarterback in court, uh, you know, at Corland. he knows football better than most people. And he's like, I would be miserable if I was a guy that was good out of the gun. And then they'd put me under center. That was a whole week two yep. thing. I had a whole rant about that. I just don't want to see him under center. He's not comfortable. And I can tell he's not comfortable. Um, and get them in get, get, get them him on, them on the move, move. roll him out, a little bit of RPO stuff. That? Look, yeah. I don't want to go on. I know Joe and Connor mentioned this in the Badlands pod, but I'll, I'll reiterate this. The Panthers, and I wish the Jets had done this the last three years, the Panthers have used Sam Darnold's legs to be able to, to be able to respect the run a little bit more for the rest of their yeah. the rest of their team. They use it down by the goal line a lot. They use it in short yardage. And teams are now going to have to be like, okay, we can't just bail on Sam running, and then it's going to open up the run game for whoever, Juba Hubbard, and then once McCaffrey comes back. Zach Wilson's faster than Sam Darnold and should be a better runner. And I know they don't want to get him hit, but they're still getting they're getting him killed because the teams are just getting their ears back. So um I thought Wilson was fine yesterday, the second interception. If one, the, to have one interception in Denver, whatever. The second one sucks and it's annoying, but there's nothing he could do about it. He probably should have had a bigger game. Stat so wise, just you know, his I think he had a fifty-four percent completion percentage and it was like his adjusted, it was like seventy-four percent, which means yeah, you know that. the five drops adds up quickly, and that's an extra hundred yards, whatever. So, um, I, I'm not add on Zach. I have no like he's. He'll be fine three games, oh, but I, I'd like to see the next two weeks. There's no excuse for him not to put up a decent amount of yards and and one or two touchdowns in each game. Tennessee's defense is not good. Um, Atlanta's very bad. Atlanta's just as bad as the Jets are in a lot of respects. They just have. Like, they're just slightly better because they beat the Giants. So um, running back-wise, I just – I can't st- – Ty Johnson is a really good downhill runner. He's really good at outside zone. He's got a huge burst to him. That's where he needs to be used, on first and second down. He's not a good receiving running back. He's not in good pass game, and you've watched now for two weeks. He gets beat consistently. So Michael Carter, I thought, was brought in to be that third down back. Um, as much as people want to hear it, they miss Pierron in the in the pass blocking game because that's where he's honestly really good yeah. and, and, and Coleman, he and, that. And, Coleman and like look, yeah. Coleman has the sickle cell thing and I, it's yep. not nothing against him that's his personal thing and I would not probably have played either if I was him so yeah. um, <laughs> sorry I'm going on like a ramp but it's not about ripping everyone look they've got pieces at every spot and I think there's a lot of talent there I like to see more Ty Johnson on first down runs and less Ty Johnson on third down and vice versa with Michael Carter because I think they're a little different players. And Michael Carter, I know he had the drop yesterday, but is good in the pass game. Like he was really successful in North Carolina. That's why he was a fourth-round pick, being really shifty, and he's really good out of the backfield. So the quarterback and running back stuff, I'm not super worried about. I just think it's maybe misusing their talents a little bit, which maybe you know they might be able to adjust quickly here, and, and we'll you know stop on that. The receiving, the receiving group's difficult because that's the group I'm most disappointed by far um, on yeah. this roster. I thought they were legitimately five receivers deep, um with you know barrios and either jeff or vincent smith as the two guys that would be like the death pieces but i'm like okay they're their seventh receiver. rex and barris is your sixth receiver Like you have a pretty good damn oh, yeah. good group right so davis looked good in week one he's but he's had four or five drops now he had a big drop honestly in the carolina game it got overshadowed because he had five for a hundred um that drop was massive to that game the drops last week and then this week but it just he didn't play well and it, he'll be fine he's a 13 million dollar a year player He's a good football player and he'll, he'll break out of it, but that's got to change. Um, I hope Elijah Moore can go this week. I think this is a really good matchup for him. And I think his usage, and I know you mentioned this, so I won't really rant about this one, but his usage is confusing. Like, yeah. they've had, I think he's had one play to run with the ball. Like, he's a guy that should be creative in space. And um, that's that's what's frustrating. I think he needs to move around a lot. He should be in motion pretty much every play. I think gives Zach a good read on man versus zone. And on top of that, it gives Elijah Moore an advantage um, there. The other receiving stuff, it, it doesn't bother me. I know the Denzel Mims thing, it, it's frustrating. I, I'm not sure why Keelan Cole can't really get a lot of reps. I really would love to see Crowder play. I have no idea if it'll yeah. happen. I'll try to find out for people and talk to people in the mm-hmm. building, but I just can't tell you for sure what what's going on there. Because he had COVID and then the groin, it's now like a month, going on over a month with the groin. So not sure there. But, yeah, the Mims thing, I'll just quickly hit on it and I'll let you go before I finish up here. He should be active. Don't think he should be a starter. He has not earned that. I did not like it all what I saw in camp. I was really disappointed. I thought getting off press and his route his, he gets rerouted all the time. I don't understand it. I wish he was more physical because when he runs with the ball, he's super physical. Um, I don't I don't get the the playbook thing because I just feel like we've seen now a couple of missed assignments that were just not really excusable from anybody. So if you're gonna punch Genzo Mims, everyone else should be. Um, if anything, he's a red zone guy and on third down you a jump ball guy. And if that's what all he is, that's fine. But I'd like to see him get at least be active. I just, the storyline is so, it's so frustrating. The Jets don't need more negative headlines than they already get. I don't think um, there's no reason he needs to be in the doghouse after week three. If it's just bad body language, get over it. If it's the playbook, he should be lock him in the room with a playbook with Crowder Mm -hmm. and Cole and all those guys and get it done. So um, what's your quick, you know, Denzel Mims thing before we, you know, I'll just finish up the offense and then we'll uh, just do a quick little preview on Tennessee.
1: I'm just, I'm over it, man. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people have gotten this point where it's just in a sea of larger issues, the Denzel Mims thing is such a, my, it's just a small thing. Like, it's so, it's so, it's, it's relatively insignificant. Obviously, it's frustrating. He's a second-round pick last year who showed promise down the stretch. No one expected this, this to be his role in a team. You know, in fact... When, even when they signed Keelan Cole, you know, the, the expectation was still he's the number two guy, you know, behind behind Corey Davis until the, you know, mini camp came and he was working behind Cole and then the summer came and training camp and I was working behind Vincent Smith and, uh, you know, I was eye opening for some people but honestly i don't think he makes a huge difference uh should he be active yeah i think he's one of your best receive like one of your better receivers he's he's going to be more productive probably if you're playing him uh than jeff smith then honestly hell than keelan cole has been i've been very disappointed with keelan cole I, I i really liked him at jacksonville i thought he'd do a lot more and i know they're not using him a ton um i'd also like to see them use him in the slot again over ryan griffin uh <laughs> but that's again we don't gotta rehash that Um, but with Denzel Mims, I'm just, I I understand their line of thought. Um, and I I assume that there's more going on that we don't know whether it's, you know, playbook issues or, or like you said, body language, or he's just rubbed them the wrong way. Um, I I can't, I can't, I'm not in that room. So I can't make that judgment. My cat just did something menacing. Uh, (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's just, I'm not in that room. So I can't make a judgment about that. But what I can judge is that, I know he can play football and I know he would be a better football player uh, on offense than Jeff Smith. And I'm sure you can get someone else to be a gunner. Hell throw Josh Adams out there, throw whoever I'm sure, you know, I, I, not that Jeff, Jeff Smith might be your second best gunner behind Justin Hardy, but is the drop-off from him to the next best gunner, you know, worth benching Denzel Mims over? No, I would say no, especially with guys like Sala LaFleur, you know, these guys want to be around for the future. What future role does Jeff Smith have on the offense? Probably none. Uh, why, like, why can't
0: Ty Johnson, who runs a four-four, or Javelin Gidry, right. who runs a four-three, be your gunner? I, that's why G- I don't Gigi's get. Gidry's a like, perfect one. Gidry, I just Gidry's perfect. Like, uh, I, I know Joe said this. I know if DJ said this too. And there's a million people. It's like I can't with the the good week of practice because
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> I've had a lot of good weeks of practice where I didn't play a lot that week, and like, it's nothing more frustrating than. Like, you can't say practice matters and then it doesn't matter. That's the yeah. issue, right? So if you're going to play Mims, play him. If you're not, you're not. Early in the week, be like, he's inactive. Hey, there's just no reason to, like, you're creating a storyline for no reason and people are just going to harp on it and harp on it. Like you said, it's, isn't it, I don't know, like, anyone in the NFL makes the, the one yard, the catch he makes against Carolina. Honestly, he probably should have done better on that because he didn't even right. realize where he was. He was inbound. He probably could have scored. But at the same time, you're you've now tanked any trade value he has so i don't he's not getting traded and his confidence probably sucks i don't know i don't know Denzel. i i'd love to have him on the pod but i i don't know where his confidence can be at and now he's no timing with zach so at some level just make up your mind and then it's going to get to my other issue and like is you mentioned this I, the stop of the 12 personnel it's all, it's done yeah. you don't have the person you don't have the team to do it and if that was yeah. the case and you knew you were going to be a heavy 12 personnel team which San Francisco a twelve personnel team. You know why? Because they have Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle. who are the best at their position in the entire sport. Maybe Kittle's top three. Juszczyk is the best fullback. It's been the NFL since Tony Richardson. So at the end of the day, you have to make an adjustment and adjust your roster and adjust your play calling and your scheme to your roster. Or you should have made the roster different. That's the, the two options, right? This is very mm-hmm. much gay football where we can't roll out Sam Darnold because Peyton Manning didn't roll out in 2008. So I can't roll Sam Darnold on that, which he can't you know, just make him worse. Or we can't use Denzel Mims in the slot. All they talked about in one jet's drive is how Denzel Mims can be awesome in the slot. Why can't you use him in a Robert Woods role? He's not the route runner Robert Woods is. He's not, I don't even know if he's the blocker. Robert Woods is. He's good. But there's not probably anybody better in the NFL at blocking Robert Woods. So at a receiving position. But the Rams can run 11 personnel the whole game in a very similar system. It's a very similar scheme. It's all the same tree. And they can get explosive plays. So it's my just my frustration is more of use the talent you have on the outside. Stop using so many tight ends and Wesco and all these guys. They're just not good enough to do it. And you have the talent of receiver. You can run 10 personnel all day long and have Corey Davis and Denzel Mims inside if you want to. And they block better than the tight ends on the roster. And then you sprinkle in Tyler Croft just to mix it up. And you sprinkle in two running backs. Go, go Johnson and Carter at the same time. It's just like, let's like yeah. pick it up here and like, let's. Get some easy first downs and and string a drive together. Not run, run, pass. Okay, sack, drive over, pass, 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 and then so for th- whatever. So just like you know, these are not. I'm not asking for the world to change. I'm not asking for Julio Jones to come on this roster and Randy Moss and and Jonathan Ogden. Um, and then I'll get to my last point so this is This the offensive line. I'm not. I'm not mad about the offensive line not being great because they're missing their best offensive linemen and. Right there still were always going to be two guys away. My issue is the center and the right guard, who are two of the highest paid offense guys on their team. Um, just Kyle McGovern makes a lot of money. He's one of the highest paid centers in football. and GVR is not on like some cheap one year, $1 million deal. He's made 5 million. He's making I think five or $6 million this year. Like he's not some, he's an eight or nine year veteran. They're both guys that have played better. And McGovern played well against New England. Um, I know GVR is, I think he's allowed 15 pressures already through three games, I think, which yeah. I don't think, I think you tweeted that out me, but
1: um, I, I, I don't know if it was me, but I saw tweet. Yeah. <laughs> it was
0: either you or Nani. I'm not really sure who it was, but yeah. um, you can't get beat consistently and not handle a stunt. These are things that teams know. Now you put three weeks of film on it. They don't handle stunts well. Right. And like that, that's frustrating because I don't think fans have been great at left tackle. He's been fine. He's not been, he's been a, a normal replacement. Um, Moses has been pretty good. AVT is struggling a little bit with communication um, in the mm-hmm. past game, but he's been really, really good in the run game, like really no. good. Um, part of why I think he struggles in the past game is he's got a center who shows no willingness to communicate with anybody. Um, and, and I can't – two weeks in a row, these are guys are veterans and they know the New York market. Craig Van Rounds from New York. Okay, he knows them better than anybody. Carmen govern has been here now for a little bit. When you make comments like that, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying anything with what GVR said wrong – Hell no. Zach is no, holding no, the ball way not. too long. He's holding the ball way too long. I think eight sacks are like strictly on him from holding the ball too long. Four seconds yep. and above. I think Daniel Jeremiah tweeted out that earlier. That's all true. You don't say it. Look at every other person's comments after the game. Nope, we believe in Zach. We're all good. We all got to get better as a team. That's what you do. You're supposed to be this veteran leader. You're out, you you know, somehow you get a weekly presser, you're the guy at the podium. McGovern's getting a mic in front of his face. it's it's unacceptable and you can't play like shit like gvr has who's ranked the worst right guard in football by pff he's allowed the most Mm -hmm. pressures in football and you can't go on and rant about all your quarterbacks holding the ball too long and blah blah dude just do your job do your job shut up and again gvr seems like a great dude i think he like wants to be good and he's had some comments where i'm actually like let's go dude like that's awesome you know we don't we want to win here and all this stuff is great perform on sundays and this won't be a discussion Stop making yeah. headlines for no reason. Sorry for my little rant there. It's not even a rant. It's just stop. It's, like, it's, it's so between the Mims and, and the GVR comments, it's like, we don't even know that they played a game and got smoked yesterday. All you heard about was Denzel Mims and Greg Van Rodden for the last 24 hours. Yeah. That's not good. That's not what you want. And that typical 2017 New York Jets with like where you or you know, 95 New York Jets. That's what you can't have. Is anything I okay. said wrong or are you on the same page?
1: Yeah, no, I'm pretty much on the same page. I don't, the McGovern thing, cause that was a DM, right? It was like the Instagram DM. Honestly, that one doesn't really bother me too much. If you're going to try and troll the guy by get you know, sliding into his DMs just to, you know, it's just. To oh, no, I'm talking more. Player. I'm talking
0: week two when he was like, or after week one, when he was like, Oh, the communication needs to be better. Oh, well, yeah, you're yeah, the, yeah. you're the center dude. Here's the right. thing. You're the center. The right. DM thing. I don't care. I mean, I'm yeah. shocked he responded honestly, but other
1: than that, I bet he got a lot of, I bet he got a lot of DMs. And he was just like, I got to reply to one of these. Um, But yeah, I I don't have an issue necessarily with the DM. But the the Greg Van Rotten comment, that that one annoyed me. And the full quote, I think provides more context. He says, the first thing he says, and that's what everyone's going to take, is that he says, you know, Zach Wilson, you can't hold on to the ball as long as he has. But then after that, he goes on to say, but it starts with us. You know, it starts with the offensive line. But you already said what you said, right? And I know he didn't mean it. I'm sure Greg, Rotten, Greg Van Greg Rotten is not like, let me throw my quarterback under the bus, like that's not his goal. Uh, but like you said, he's from New York, he's a veteran, he's been in the NFL for a long time. I think he, he officially broke in the NFL what in 2012 or something like that. Uh, he's you know bounced around with like the CFL or whatever and, and practice squads. Uh, but he's been in the NFL for a long time, he's been playing football for a long time. He's from New York, he knows a comment like that is going to be taken out of context, and I'm sure uh after he probably was not happy that it got you know that it got taken out of context i'm sure he realized you know yeah i probably shouldn't have said that uh and he shouldn't have. it was a dumb comment uh, you, you hear zach wilson's comments after the game they asked zach wilson and mind you 22 year old from BYU. he's from utah right he, he played at byu uh the guys, he's played three games in the NFL. he knows better not to say stuff like that they're trying to get it out of him you know you, you hear reporters asking him like oh you know was it frustrating you know having having so many drops today and you know what zach wilson says he says something along the lines of, you know, I just, you know, go and, and talk to them and pick them up after that and, you know, try and try and make them feel better. And then, of course, I got to work on my ball placement, right? He takes ownership. That's what you got to say. You can't be like, yeah, it was frustrating because that's going to be, you know, you can't say that because now the headlines are Zach Wilson frustrated by his receivers, right? You can't do that. Um, so I agree with you with the Greg Grand Rotten stuff. I agree with you that the Jets, they're still a stock, right? like it's, it's, it's terrible that the two biggest laughingstocks in the NFL right now are the New York Jets and the New York Giants. Um, you know, the Texans temporarily claimed that title in the off season, but I think that they've kind of relinquished it. Now New York football has taken it again. Um, that sucks. That sucks for fans of, of either of those teams. But, you know, it, the narrative's not going to change until the Jets win. Um, and it's not going to change if they're doing stupid stuff like, like, you know, the Denzel Mim situation where they're garnering negative headlines. It's not going to change if you have TikTok, you know, the TikTok guy, he's going around and, uh, you know, you know you're clowning the jets and and that stuff's not going to change like that stuff's not going to change unless the performance on the field changes uh, if they come out this week i'm sure we're about to jump to you know this is gonna be a good segue we'll talk about the titans game uh but if they come out this week and at least play competitive football then maybe the tiktok kid won't have as much material right if the Jets, hell if the jets win maybe he won't make a video at all right like it's as simple as that just look competent look like you belong in the same field as your opponents and then maybe people will stop shitting on you that, that's yeah, really mean, what it comes well, yeah. down to
0: Look, every rookie quarterback struggled mightily, um, like very badly. Justin Fields did not have a good day, and that's a lot on the play calling and the offense line, but he did not look good either. Trevor Lawrence made some really – hes leads league in interceptions too. Um, Mac Jones had an awful day against New Orleans defense, which Sam Donald carved up, carved up the week before. So what's that – is that saying more about the Patriots? Um, or is that – I mean, is that saying more about the Saints or, or Matt Jones? Um, like there's a lot of – Positives, I think they're close to breaking out, right? I, I really do. I think there's the next two weeks, I've mentioned this a couple of times, and we'll get to this. There's two defenses that they can take advantage of that don't create a ton of pressure, that they can get a little bit of a run game going. They've got neutral site in London, which the Jets probably will have more fans. Um, I Honestly, probably just, I don't know, I don't know how much Woody really cornered interest there, but I mean, there's a good possibility, right? Um, and then this week, so look, A.J. Brown's likely not going to play. Um, that that's yeah. subject to change. He's week to week. Which and I, if I'm the Titans, why would you risk him against the Jets? I think they're open up eight and a half point favorites. Uh, when I saw it today, which is a hefty line um, to be on the road and be almost ten point favorites. That's that's the Adam Gase years. Um, I actually think it will be a pretty good game. I think the Jets have an opportunity to score points. I think um, you have to hope Crowder and Moore could go. Um, I, I think that would be huge for the Jets. Either way, Mims should be active because if one of them can't go, he'll be active likely, so that maybe eliminates that storyline. The Jets just have to score two or three touchdowns, uh, put up some points. Maybe you, score two, you, score, you lose 34 to 20 because Derrick Henry is a big day and you can't stop Julio. If that's the case, fans are happy. They want to see points, incremental progress. I'd like to see more running behind AVT. I'd like to see the Jets' defense create one or two turnovers, maybe a big special teams play on a return, a blocked punt, blocked kick, something. Um, to kind of get this team sparked you have to keep the fan base engaged and it's not always about the fans it's about the progress on stuff but it can't be week two and fans are already going I don't want to go to the game that's not where you want to be starting 0-3 is fine if they lose this week I'm not wouldn't be surprised at all obviously Um, I think they have to be one and four going to the bye week you have to steal one of these games reset after the bye get yourself a little healthier you'll get Davis back you'll see what if you get Crowder back you don't get him this week um, you get a full healthy Ashton Davis, all these different things, right? Maybe you get back and back. I'm not really sure how that'll go. I um, mean, you go up to New England, who's who does not look very good. So, um, what are your what's your initial uh, two minutes on the uh, on the tides before we wrap up here?
1: I mean, I think you said it best. Jets got to win one of these games. I think the the most likely realistic optimistic scenario so we're talking optimistic but also realistic you know the jets aren't gonna blow out the titans on, on sunday uh but you know optimistically i think the jets if they come out and they look competitive they play a competitive game against the titans you know maybe the offense actually breaks out and maybe it's the the run defense or something like that maybe derrick henry runs for 200 yards and quincy williams misses eight tackles and maybe that's how they lose who knows uh if that's the case fine you know and then they then they go into you know they go into london they play the falcons and that's a very very winnable game the Giants are a bad team and they probably should have beaten the Falcons this week uh the Falcons aren't very good that defense is very bad uh there's there's no reason that the Jets offense should not look at least like an NFL offense against the Falcons like they're even in the most pessimistic scenarios the Jets offense should look semi-competitive against the Falcons defense (laughs) there's no reason why it shouldn't um so I think you know against Tennessee Uh, I'd like to just see some kind of competitiveness from the offense. I I don't think Denzel Mims can be active again. I I really don't think that's going to happen. Even if, unless Crowder and Moore both don't play, then I think there's a chance he's active. But if one of of them is active, I think it's going to be the same thing we saw this week. You know, know, they're going to address, what is it, five receivers? And it's going to be, you know, Jeff Smith, Keelan Cole, Braxton, Berrios, Corey Davis, and then either Moore or Crowder. So I I don't think Mims is going to play, but I don't think it's going to be a huge difference anyway um but getting Crowder back if that ever happens would be huge I think he's a very good player he's an upgrade from Bax and Barrios and right now the way they're using Barrios he's their leading receiver so you you know if if Crowder's in that role instead that's an upgrade um so I think I'd like to just see more competent you know from more competency from the offense uh and the you know AJ Brown is probably gonna be out like you said he's got the hamstring issue but the biggest thing for me is just can they contain Derrick Henry uh, I think he had 180 yards two weeks ago. This, this last week, he went over hundred again, those linebackers are not good. It's, it's going to be a lot on guys like Quinn Williams, Foley Fadakasi, you know, to plug up the, the middle of the field. Uh, Williams was a very, very good run defender last year. Obviously Foley Fadakasi is one of the best in the league at that. Uh, so it's really going to be on them because I have no faith in those linebackers outside of Quinn Williams to do or outside of uh, CJ Mosley to do anything in run defense. Um, so I, I, think that could the be a line
0: is not so, great though. I, I will say not- like, look at, if you look at week one, I mean, Chandler Jones had five sacks and that's an opportunity right. where you mentioned before, I don't know how much Bryce Huff plays in a run game early on first down. I mean, he will play a, a bunch, obviously. Um, I would expect if GFM's healthy to have a big game because him mm-hmm. versus Taylor Luan, as much as Taylor Luan's really fun. And, and he was really good at one point he's coming off an ACL and, and just did, has not looked good yet. He's um, not himself. Yeah, he's not himself, and I'd expect JFM to take advantage, and look, at the end of the day, this game is going to come down to the Jets have a chance to win this game. This is the most winnable game they've had since week one, in my opinion. I'm not saying Tennessee's not good. They are. They, they're they not the same team they were the last two years. As much as they upgraded, they're much, they're much less deep than they were before.
1: And look what they have, the have Jets, a wide receiver now. They got right. Josh Reynolds, Nick Westbrook, like, who, who yeah, do like they have if, a wide receiver? They, up, right?
0: Julio, I mean, look, Julio didn't even play <laughs> the second half yesterday, and... I don't know what's going on there. Um, he hasn't looked like he's really started to, like, really get going yet. Um, I hope it's not this week. I mean, he's one okay. of the best receivers I've ever seen. Um, and that's all And that's all well and good. The Jets have to get pressure on Ryan Tannehill. If, you just have to, like, they have to get interior pressure. And, honestly, I'm, I'm fine with them. You know, look, there's a million things, and, we'll, and I'll get into more in this on Friday's pod. But initially, I, I think the Jets cover whatever the spread is going to be. Uh, and it's probably going to get up to 10, um, realistically, with the way people are betting. I think this is the Jets, the next two games are really, this is a huge stretch for them to go into the bye. They have to steal one of these games and look very competitive in both. Their fans are just going to, you know, it's going to be, for the players' confidence sake too, like Zach has a good chance here. They don't get pressure. Bud Dupree got hurt again. So they do not get pressure on the quarterback. Zach, without pressure, should be able to sit back three, five-step, quick, hitch, and go, and and just get some of these guys open. Um, Yeah, that's kind kind of where I'm at, you know, before I get into some tape on the Titans.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I I can't say I'm as optimistic as you are. Uh, just given what we just saw this week, I can't be like, you know what? They're going to play a competent game of offense. I was like, they're, their offense is going to look competent because I just, I don't think they will. I don't think they will. They might, they very well could. They have the ability to, there's enough talent. If they, get to, tw- if they get to 12 quarters without a touchdown, I'm going to lose it. Oh man, if they don't, yeah. I, I, I think I'll throw out a final score. I'll say 31-10. That's going to be my prediction. I think Derrick Henry runs for 200 yards. I think that the Jets get a touchdown. You know, Zach Wilson throws another two picks, let's say, and one of them's not his fault. One of them's off the hands of Keelan Cole this time. Let's get him involved. <laughs> um, I don't know. But that it's just, that's kind of where I'm at. I think that they're going to lose, um, but I, I, I want them to be better. Like, I want them to be more competitive than that. Like, they should score more than 10 points. The 10 points shouldn't be the bar. Um, but I just, I want a bar that they can possibly reach and they can and realistically that I think they will reach. Um, so, you know, I, 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 it's a game they can win. It's a game that they should look competitive in, but it remains to be seen. Will they? I don't know. We'll find out.
0: Yeah, I hope Tennessee uh, overlooks them a little bit. Obviously, we, you know, we really appreciate you, you know, coming on. Obviously not as much of a positive podcast. There's a lot of ripping people, but at the same time, very much deserved. them. Um, you know, look forward to uh, Tennessee. Obviously you can find, you know Justin on Twitter, Justin T. Free, uh, Jets Press, everything like that. Um, make sure you tune in, and uh, yeah, appreciate having you on.
1: Of course, man. Hopefully, I'll come on like a, a preseason one. It'll be more optimistic. You yeah, offseason. We'll get you optimistic.
0: right after, right after the draft <laughs> when everything. is Great. Right. Uh, we won the Super Bowl, but uh, yeah, we'll talk to everyone on uh, on Friday and uh, talk to you guys then.